0: Now, this is an episode that I've been excited about for a while because it focuses in on the topic of burnout. And as I was thinking about this and what it would look like to put it together, it was in the heart of the busy season. And as I talked to dealers and distributors and manufacturers, it was very clear that there's a lot of people out there that every year during this time feel totally spent. They have nothing left to give and they don't know what they're doing with their lives. Well, I think that the timing now is extremely relevant being that we are in the middle of the COVID-19 crisis. And if you weren't burned out before, man, you could be now. And I know that businesses everywhere are being put to the test and these next few months are going to be extremely, extremely difficult and they will push us To the absolute limit. But with that, I think that this conversation today is going to breathe life into you. And hopefully, it just makes you feel like you're not alone. And there are other people going through this who want to help you. And so, wherever you or your business is right now in the midst of the crisis, man, I hope that you are able to find people around you to bear the burden with you and help you get through this. You know, for me and a lot of other businesses around the country, it's been the FireTime Network that's been providing that community. And I've been talking about this on this season of the podcast, but the timing of the FireTime Network could not be any better. And basically, me and Grant Falco created a social media channel for the hearth industry. And we're finding dealers, distributors, and manufacturers from all all over are coming to this group, and it's really doing three things. It's providing community, there's content to help your career or business go to the next level, and ultimately there is growth that happens because of it. And one of the cool things that has come out of this is a weekly speakeasy, where we have a Zoom call with people from all over the country, and basically there's three rules to it. Rule one is you got to bring a beverage. Rule two, got to have a good attitude. And rule number three, you have to be ready to share. And it has been amazing week after week to see the conversations that are happening. And I'm convinced that while the COVID-19 crisis is terrible and devastating. I don't want to undercut that. I believe that there are companies where life is being breathed into them in a way that wasn't before and I think that the way we are responding to this crisis is showing the heart of the people who are in our industry. So, if you want to be a part of this community, you need to go to the firetime network.com and sign up. Now, before we get started with this interview, I want to give a plug for two more webinars that I'm going to be doing for the Northeast HPBA. Now, I was going to be out there earlier this month doing speaking engagements in person through a few different states in New England, but due to obviously the COVID-19 crisis, that's not happening right now. So instead, we're taking the content that I was going to deliver in person and we're delivering it through webinars. And there's two more left in this series. So if you're a member of the Northeast HPBA and we're looking forward to seeing me in person, you need to come to the remaining two webinars. The second one actually starts today. It's at 11 a.m. Eastern, And the last webinar is going to be next Tuesday, April 28th at 11 a.m. Eastern as well. And what we're going to be tackling in today's webinar is how to build a sales tracking and follow-up system. And that might sound boring, but I'm telling you, it is the lifeline of your sales team. And I'm going to be opening up my playbook on how I use a CRM spreadsheet and weekly game plans to help our team members stay focused and make more sales than they ever could otherwise. Next week, we'll be putting our entire series into practice, and I'll be running a live workshop to help your business get all of this in place. So if you're in the Northeast HPBA or you want to be in the Northeast HPBA to take part in these webinars, you need to go to nehpba.org and sign up. So now that you guys are up to speed on everything, I'm going to play you my conversation with Ryan Blake. As always, we'll circle back at the end and talk about it. But I'm really excited for you to hear this. Joining me from Aberdeen, Washington, is the owner of Chimney Techniques. I'm joined today by Ryan Blake. Ryan, how you doing?
1: I'm good. How are you today, Jim?
0: I'm doing awesome. You know, and I appreciate you coming on the show today. We've gotten to know each other a little bit over the last couple of years through some of the HPBA stuff, but. You've grown up in the hearth industry, like from the beginning, haven't you?
1: I have. My dad started the business the year before I was born.
0: Oh my gosh! Okay, <laughs> yeah. I want to I hear about this then. So, so, so he started the business a year before you were born, and you recently took it over in the last few years. What What has that journey been like?
1: Oh gosh! So I've always kind of lovingly referred to it as a sibling. Sometimes you love it, sometimes you don't. Ish <laughs> type thing. Um, so it's been really neat. You know, when I first, when I was growing up, I just, my favorite thing to do was to come to the shop and hang out with dad or ride around with dad in the truck for the day. And it's just, it, I never really thought that I would be here, but I'm here and oh my gosh, I love it so much. I couldn't imagine doing anything other.
0: Well, I want to ask you a question. This episode is, is not about, we're going to get to what the episode's about in a second, but but while I got you on this, I've had a ton of people emailing me about, how do I sell a business to my kids? How how do I buy a business from my parents? How do I buy a business from this person I've been working for for the last 10 years? What was that process like? Because how long, has it been three years or four years since you've taken it over?
1: I've been here almost five years now. Okay. Um, and so it really, it wasn't in either of our either of our paths, um, I went and got my master's degree in business and I was kind of looking at Oh No
0: big deal. So you're, you're officially smarter than like nine, 99% of the people listening to this.
1: No, 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 no. that's not like that. But I, I was kind of just trying to figure out what I actually wanted to do with my life. And I love, I know it's silly cause nobody else likes it, but I love numbers and I love business and I love developing a business. Yeah. Like that gets me fired up. And so my daddy was looking to retire. So I said, well, I'll just come hang out i'll just i'll i'll come work for a little bit and just kind of see if i can improve things (laughs) maybe i'll like it maybe i won't and so i was in it probably a month and was like yep i like this wow (laughs) it's just been it's been a journey and there's been a lot of learning especially with the whole buying of a business and selling and those type of things um but yeah as far i don't even know how you would market i mean it's hard to market this type of business you have to be at least I had
0: some knowledge coming into it. it would be tough. Yeah. Well, okay. So I want to ask you this. So the, the conversation we're going to have today is going to be around burnout. We've talked a little bit in the past about how pervasive that is, but for you growing up in the hearth industry, I mean, I, I'd imagine that, that you're in a small town in Washington growing up in the business. I would imagine that things in that business were kind of generally done in like an old school way. What was your experience like as a little kid, kind of just seeing the way that the industry treated him?
1: Oh, gosh. Well, I always kind of thought of my dad as like a celebrity. We always, oh, man, we hated going to the grocery store with him. It took <laughs> hours because <laughs> he knew everybody. And so in my head, like this industry was just, I mean, my dad's a celebrity. My dad was always on TV. Everybody, every I couldn't go anywhere. Everybody, oh, I know your dad. So, you know, I knew that he had worked really hard to build that. The hearth industry itself, I didn't really understand, but I just knew that my dad loved it because he was just, he knew everybody, and you're right, he did everything the old school way, which is why he came to notoriety, he did.
0: And I guess anyone that's in the hearth industry or grew up with a parent in the hearth industry knows that there are ebbs and flows to like the craziness, right? So I'd imagine that growing up, there had to have been times where he was working extra hours, there was more stress on his plate. And, you know, burnout something that we've been talking about here for a couple months. And I think it's it's a huge factor in our industry for a lot of reasons. But I, I don't hear it being necessarily talked about that much. Why do you think that is?
1: I think because it's not, I mean, it might not be industry specific. I think it's culture specific. I mean, it's a burnout culture. It's everybody wants to be everything and. You know, you want to satisfy every single customer. You want to answer every email within an hour because everything is so right now with instant gratification. And so even in our industry, nobody wants to talk about like, you know, well, I'm I'm doing everything all the time. I'm trying to answer every phone call, answer every online inquiry. That's I think is part of the thing is nobody wants to talk about it. Um, Yes, it's super prevalent in, in in our industry because. The winter is so like, that's when everybody calls. That's when it, it there's no Nikki or there's no changing that. I don't think, yeah. um, unless we can change the mindset of all the consumers, which that's eh, not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so I think it, it's just, it's the culture itself and it, it's just ironic that in an industry where we're working on getting fires into people's homes and making them cozy that in the meantime, we're burning ourselves out.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that is funny. That's
1: the part that just, the irony of it is just ridiculous.
0: And I think that there's a big, almost like a honor shame aspect to it as well. I think you hit the nail on the head that like our culture values hustle. And that's not, that's not totally bad. Like I think that you should work hard at what you do. But I think that we have like, we, we put these people on a pedestal. Like you look at like Steve Jobs, um, Who You know, Gary Vaynerchuk today is like someone that's like grinding all the time. And and you look at these CEOs and, and presidents and these people that just they seem to live these superhuman lives where they can handle everything. And it's like a badge of honor to say like, well, I work a 12 hour day and I can still do the stuff that I want. And I do this and I do that. And whether we like it or not, I think that we all kind of drink the Kool-Aid of feeling like inadequate of like, well, why do I have to reach out for help? Like, how can I be burned out when these other people are doing way more than me?
1: 100%, that's that's exactly it. Is for, I, I caught myself one day talking with a customer and I said, you know, if it's the weekend, you email me, I will respond to you. If you hit me up on, on Google or any, you know, any of those, you, you message me, boom, I'm going to respond back to you. And then I stepped back for a second and heard what I was saying and thought, why am I proud of that? Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, what I'm doing is anytime I do that with any customer, current customer, potential customer, what I'm doing is I'm taking away time that I should be dedicating to my family because I don't get a lot of time with them. Yeah. So that really made me stop and say, why are we making this such a great, like, yes, hustle is 100%. You cannot have a business. You can't be a business owner without hustle. Mm -hmm. But you also need a little bit of stepping away and relaxing. Otherwise, here we are with burnout.
0: Yeah. And and I see this a lot. I mean, I, I think that it's so tough because we do have a busy season. I mean, and and some businesses have seasonal products and things like that to, to flatten that out a little bit. But like the truth is, man, it's a lot easier to sell fireplaces when it's snowing outside and cold than yeah. when it's 100 degrees in the summer. And And that will never change. You know, no. do, doesn't mean there's not things that you can do to somewhat flatten that. But like those are the facts of life. And, and with that in mind, what happens in many businesses is they are severely understaffed going into the season. I mean, you know, Grant Falco talks about all the time, like, it's about maximizing your opportunity cost in season, because any business could 5x their volume if they just had more salespeople, if they just had more installers and more service techs, you know, during those four months of the year. So with all that said, we realized that, that we hit this ramp up Stage every single year where things are busy but on top of that in the last 10 years I think there's been a lot that has changed up the ante where like customer expectations are higher than ever you know we have our phones in our pockets that have email and text messages and social media and all these things so we are constantly having to reply back to people be distracted not focus. and I would argue that that lack of focus makes us less productive when we're at work which leads to more burnout because we're more stressed on the things that we're not doing and I think that we're in this like big hamster wheel right now where we are facing more and more pressure, but we feel guilty or ashamed to actually say, I got to stop something. I'm burned out. We just think old school mentality knows to the grindstone. This is just the way it is. Just keep pushing, just keep pushing. And ultimately you're going to end up in the hospital or dead.
1: 100%. You're That's exactly, exactly what it is. And like, yeah, I was just um, a month or two right in the middle of December I was really, I was like you said, like right there. And I was, I felt like I was ready to just have a breakdown. And I try, you know, I went to my dad and said, dad, I don't know what to do. I'm so stressed. I just, I don't know. And like you said, it's you try, when you're trying to focus, you've got bam, bam, you've got emails, you've got calls coming in because yep. everybody has a cell phone number. Yep. And I just felt like, dad, I don't know, I don't know what to do. And he said, like, this, you have to make it to April. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he told me make it to april okay yeah that's that i mean it's just like you said it's just the old school mentality knows the grindstone yeah
0: yeah well so here's where i want to go i want to get back to talking about kind of owners and managers of companies but let's talk about team members because i think that this is a really big deal for team members you know as an owner or a manager yeah you're busy yeah you're stressed but you know what your paycheck gets a lot bigger if you sell more and hopefully that's true for team members as well but but it's they don't see it the same way that you do as a business owner. They're not invested the same way. So, so the question I want to ask is how can you help team members avoid this burnout? And Actually, this is you hit me up a couple months ago and I was like, "Man, we got to talk about this on the podcast because I think what you're starting to do and think about is just is really valuable for a lot of the folks in our audience." So, what can you be doing to help your team members avoid getting burned out and quitting?
1: Sure. So, <sighs> I think I treat my team members a little bit differently than most people. My treat. My team members are, I mean, I know you're not supposed to do that, but they're like family to me. I care about each and every one of them deeply. And I make it a point to meet with each team, you know, just, it might not be a formal sit down meeting. i am not. We don't do a lot of that, but I make a point to have a conversation with each and every one of them every single day. Um, I try to talk to each one about, hey, what are your goals? You know, what, where do you see yourself here in a year, five years? What do you, if you, even if it's not here, that's great. Like, what, what do you want to do to step, to step up your game? Um, I, you know, I might not say it exactly like that. I might phrase it slightly differently, yeah. <laughs> but to get there, to get them to respond to me. But um, I like every morning. That's a big thing that I do is. From eight to nine o'clock every morning, I get up out of my office and I sit out where my field techs are. Because after nine o'clock, when they hit the road, I'm not going to see them. I probably won't hear from them again until tomorrow morning.
0: So that's your that's your window.
1: That's my time. And so I just kind of sit out there and I I make a point to at least have a quick conversation with every one of them. And the thing is, is when when I have a quick conversation with somebody every day. You get a temperature gauge for them yeah and so i can get a feeling with how michael responds and you know kind of goes back and forth with me if he's red yellow or green most of the time he's green but every once in a while i you know you can feel a little bit of a temperature swing and i'm gonna note that and tomorrow if i'm getting the same okay and then you know you and from there i know that i need to I don't know whether it's work related or home related, or whatever. But I need to do something about his schedule and try to just relieve some pressure somewhere for him.
0: Yeah, so you're so you're basically investing. Like, I mean, you're kind of doing like hand to hand combat. Like on a day to day basis, that window, you're going hand to hand with every team member, talking to them. Hey, what's your temperature? What's your status? Are you red? Are you yellow? Are you green? I think that's really good. You know, for for me in our company what one thing i've got is like every month i've got a 1 hour usually a 1 hour standing meeting with with all my team members and we'll go out for like a cup of coffee or we'll you know we'll try to get out of the office and and it'll cover stuff that's work related but a big part of it too is trying to cover stuff that's non-work related like how's life how can i be helping you with your goals like what you're talking about and and i think that you know sometimes sometimes it's easy to criticize and be like that's a waste of time like why aren't you out working you know well, and, and I think that the truth is that, man, I, I keep thinking about when I was 18, 19, 20, 21 in the industry, how how would I have wanted to be treated, right? To have to have a boss invest in you, to sit down and just be like, hey, tell me about your life. How can I help you? Man, that means something. And, and I would even say if, if you're an older person too, like, you know, I, I've had, you know, one of the biggest compliments I've gotten has been from older people, people that are older than me in our company that have worked on my team and they've said, I've you know, I've never had a a manager or a boss that has actually cared about me and has invested in me. And I think that what you're doing in the day-to-day time slot window, I think that's really important to help avoid burnout because it's also going to let you know, like when they start bordering on that red zone, you can start to dig and, and find out why, and this goes into the next question I had for you, because you've talked about how as you start to uncover like what is it that's burning this person out, you've talked to me before about like leveraging the strengths of your team members to try to help them avoid getting burned out. What's that look like for you specifically?
1: Yeah, so like Jason, for example, so use my, the guys' names. <laughs> yeah. But I know I know what jobs like just he really enjoys, and I know what jobs again like what spark him, and I know what jobs burn him out. And so, I mean, I can really, especially if I can kind of start getting that temperature gauge that we oh, starting to, you know, he's, you know, he's just getting tired. I know that, Hey, let's see what we can do to remove some of these, other, re- push, you know, see if we can possibly reschedule any of these that I know are going to be a bit of a drain, but you know, if, if it's, if that's what we need to do like, or I'll, I'll take them, I'll try to go to people's houses and I don't have a lot of time to do it either, but, I'd rather give the customer face time than push them off. Yeah. So it's just it's all about like, hey, let's see if we can reframe this the schedule. Get somebody else out there. Just give him give him or her a little bit of breathing room to just relax a little bit. Just ease up some of the pressure. And so that's one thing. And so going back to the original question. Is, I know what some people, you know, I've I've learned some of their strengths and I've learned some of their weaknesses, and I really try to tailor their schedules. and This is that one specialty, so that's let's focus mostly with for them on that type of service. Whereas this guy does really mm-hmm. well with wood pellet, so let's let's put yeah. him as most so of the wooden pellet stuff. Yep. And so it's just everybody needs to, be able to do everything. But let's focus on – let's try to keep everybody in their lanes. And everybody keep. it's a little happier that way.
0: Totally. Okay. So I want to ask you this then. So how do you balance time off for your team members in the busy season?
1: <laughs> well, we – my thing is they all know. Everybody here knows what busy season is. And I know if somebody comes to me and says, Ryan, I really, yeah, I really need a day or two off for whatever – I know that if they're asking, they need it and I will make it work. I've very rarely denied somebody a day because I, they know, they know what if one person's gone, what that means to the rest of the team and everybody here, I, I, we explain it. Everybody is a cog in the wheel. And if one's missing, we got problems and it's, everybody else has to work extra hard that day to pick that up. So I, I ask, please don't take any vacations, <laughs> like for Lindsay's. But if somebody's sick, if a child is sick, or even if they just need a mental health day, I'm really going to deny them of that.
0: Well, I think that's super important. And I know that one of the manufacturers you sell, it's funny, you talk about treating your team members like family. And, and one of the manufacturers that you sell, if you go into their, to their corporate plant, they have this big sign up there that says, it's not business, it's personal. Yep. And, that, and that's awesome that is yep. that is really awesome because it is personal, and one of the things that that I've realized and and maybe this is being a millennial, but I, I think it's just true for just people in today's age is I think that flexibility in your job is like the most important thing and so and to have a job that I know like if my kid is sick or if I have a doctor's appointment like to be able to just say, "Hey, I need this time and i and I'm gonna take it like that's just where the world is now, and I think that some businesses are so rigid in well, you were scheduled for next Thursday and, you know, that's that. Like, yeah, I I get that. Like, it, it is important to have a responsibility to your job. And I'm not saying that you should just, like, bend over and cave to, like, the whims of someone's emotions. But I think that as a business leader, to understand that giving your team members flexibility is a way to retain them and grow loyalty and to make it where when you ask more of them, when you ask them to pull that sixth day of the week, when you ask them to work 12 hours, that buys you credibility to make that ask.
1: 100%. Yep. And that's, yeah, exactly. That's exactly why we are because I do ask a lot of them. And so if they, if I know that they're, if they're asking, they need it and by all means take it. And I know that None of them will abuse it. If I do start to kind of see a trend, then we're going to have a conversation about it. Just, Hey, you know, you know what it means when you're here or when you're not here what that does to the rest of the team. Like just you know, if you need to take a day off, I get it, but please be cognizant of what you're doing to the rest of the team. Yeah. And that's so that nips it in the mud every single time.
0: Well the family aspect is almost like self policing, isn't it? Right? Mm-hmm. Like like if you're if you're a family and like you're in, and you're all making dinner and one family member is like playing video games instead, I think the rest of the family, even without mom and dad, is gonna be like, dude, like get off your butt. Like come play like come help us cook dinner. That's what a family does.
1: Mm-hmm. I'll tell every job interview I do, I tell them this group is a tight knit crew and either you fit in or you don't. So if we hit 90 days and you're released, you may be a, you might be the best employee I I have, but if you don't fit in with that group, I'm so sorry. We have to let you go. I'm that serious about our, our culture here.
0: We'll get back to our conversation with Ryan Blake in just one minute. Hey, if you've been listening to the podcast this season, you know that I have been talking about building a digital sales plan, and this is something that is more relevant than ever. For the last number of years, our companies have been able to sit back with, frankly, some lazy sales habits because business was just rolling in, but that has come to a screeching halt. What we need to be doing is thinking about a new sales funnel that has three parts to it. Stage one of the sales funnel is that we need to engage our customers via chat on our website. Stage two is that we need to get them into an instant estimate range for what their project is going to cost and step three we need to close the deal by scheduling a video consultation and what's happening now is showrooms all over the country are closing down or at least severely limited in what they can offer customers is we're finding that many businesses are getting exposed because we're finding out that a lot of businesses actually didn't really know how to follow up with leads they didn't know what to do with them and they could get away with that when so many people were coming in the door for the last last few years that they they couldn't keep up. But now that things have dried up, we have to know how to take advantage of a lead and nurture it into a sale. The second thing they're being exposed with is how to move to a digital sales model. So I'm not against brick and mortar. And frankly, I think that that is the silver bullet for our industry. But we have to be aware that consumers buying habits have changed. And what we have to do is create a synergy between an online and brick and mortar sales process. If you can do that, you're going to be able to connect with customers like never before and stay relevant in light of everything that's going on. So, if you're worried about getting left behind, you need to check out whyfire.com. That's w-h-y-f-i-r-e.com. And basically, Whyfire is a sales system that I've been building for the last three years to help your brick-and-mortar store connect with customers digitally, provide them instant estimates, follow up on every opportunity and bring customers to the point of a sale. And whether a customer wants to do this 90% online and 10% with your business or 90% with your business and 10% online, there's a synergy here that you can take advantage of. So if you want your business to be relevant in light of everything that's going on today, you need to sign up at wifire.com. That's W-H-Y-F-I-R-E.com. So you're working hard to give flexibility to allow them to harmonize their, their work lives and their personal lives. And, and with that comes the responsibility of like, you got to be accountable to the family. So have you had to make hard decisions with new hires on cutting bait because they didn't mesh with the family culture? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's, there's a
1: couple that have been, you know, they probably would have turned out pretty decent with more training, but their personalities just did not jive with the crew. And so we had to let them fly.
0: Wow. (laughs) <laughs> That's so sad as it is. those are the big decisions that you're, you're protecting team members from you know from from a bad culture which is gonna burn them out way faster than anything else and, and i think this is like for me this is a pain point because for me i've left jobs in this industry because of burnout because of you know r- rigid systems um too many hours, and basically just saying like, "Hey, I got to come up for error, and like, and I need some help with that." And and basically just people not responding to it, and it's not because they were bad people or bad businesses. It was just kind of the old school mentality of like, "Hey, well, you put your nose to the grindstone, and this is what I do as the business leader. So this is what you do as the team member." And and I guess I just see it differently, where I think that there's actually a res- I think that there's more of a responsibility on the business owner or manager than the team members because they got more skin in the game. And I look at it where I'm like, do my team members care as much about their job as as me well I hope so but like the reality is probably not and you know what that's okay that's okay like that's the way and like does the owner of Fireside Home Solutions care about the company more than me like he probably does and that's like that's okay you know because, because I think that that is the responsibility of leadership is like you got to be the chief servant officer as a leader if you're not serving your team members with what you have I, I just don't think it works I think the old school mentality of like what are you gonna to give to me? What are you gonna to give to me? I, I don't think that's a recipe for, for keeping your team members long term, especially in an economy like today where there's no one to hire.
1: Exactly. Exactly. The servant leadership is that's exactly how I feel like my role is here. I tell them all, I'm here to help you guys. What do you need? What can I do to make your day and your job easier? That's what I'm here for. That yeah. is my number one role. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I've heard it said that when you're when you're a team member or an employee. You have one boss, but when you become an owner, you have a million bosses because, because your bosses are your team members and are your customers. Like they are, they are either hiring you or firing you regularly and, and, and you're accountable to all of them where if you're a team member, it's like, well, you got one boss that can chew you out, but, but you've got, you know, all kinds of bosses, right?
1: Yep. 100%. Yep.
0: Okay. Well, let's shift to talk about you as a business owner and, and a lot of people listening to this, they're, they're like the CEO, chief everything officer in their business, right? They've got the majority of the knowledge. They do the lion's share of the work. And so I want to ask you, you know, what are you doing to combat burnout yourself when you carry such a big responsibility? There's a lot of people that are in a similar position to you.
1: Mm-hmm. I, so the big thing that I do is within the business, I know that I am not the smartest person here, without a doubt. I've got I've got a crew of guys. They know more than I. I defer to them on so many things. So I'm not burning myself out trying to get every answer to every single person. If I don't have the answer, hey, you know what? Let me get to some. Let me grab one of the guys, or I'll call them and get an answer for you. So that's a big thing is and putting up a lot of boundaries with with customers too. Like, hey, I don't know everything. I'm not always the person that you need to talk to. Sometimes you you probably want to talk to Tori, the service manager. She knows that stuff way better than I do. And so it's hiring people so that you're not the smartest one in the room to me
0: is huge. Like okay. The- I'm going to stop you there because that is amazing. <laughs> and in our industry, there's a lot of ego that prevents that from being done. Isn't there?
1: It, totally. Totally. I, 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 mean, I, I see it and it's, I do not by any means. I I want everybody here to be smarter than me because they're the ones that are doing the work. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just juggling the balls to make it look good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the trained monkey here and there. They're the better ones.
0: (laughs) Well, I think it's really important because I, I think that setting yourself up to not be the smartest person in the room is the way that you grow a business long term. I mean, and you think about like, if you're a business manager or owner, like, what are you after? Like, you're after building something that you should be after building something that's bigger than you. I mean, who wants to be the linchpin for everything, burn themselves out, work six, seven days a week, take calls on the nights and weekends, not go on vacation. And then you go to sell your business at age 65, but everything relies on you. And if you leave, the business doesn't work. So then your business is worth $0 and you have nothing to retire on. Like, that doesn't sound good. Like, how much better would it be to have humility to say, man, like let's bring in some people or train some people up that can actually do better than me in these different categories. Let's build a leadership team for the company and like, let's let them run the company and I'll be a coach and a mentor and I can help look at big picture things of like, I mean, I think that that's so much better, but it's easier said than done.
1: Oh, absolutely. What does Tim Rethlick say? Says easy does hard.
0: That's right. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. I'm going to tell him you said that.
1: Uh, Yeah, you should, because I learned a lot from that guy on this podcast. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's hard, but at the same time, it, that's exactly what you said. I do not, I cannot be my dad. My dad had all the industry knowledge. I don't. I have, I have a little, but yeah. I mean, I I know enough to be dangerous. But my crew out there, they are well trained and well, you know, they research, they know everything. So they're the ones. They're really, really, they're the they're the business.
0: Not me. So, so if you're a business owner or manager listening to this, and you're fighting personal burnout. You're saying that investing in people that are smarter than you and making hires of people that are smarter than you to help take things off your plate, that will actually help you avoid burnout.
1: Absolutely. And you know what? There might even be somebody already on that team. It's just giving them the responsibility and the ownership, and they'll grow.
0: Yeah, that's really good. that's,
1: That's the cool thing.
0: That's really good. I know for me, since I started at Fireside about seven years ago now, my goal from the beginning, I've been really transparent with, with my bosses, is my goal is to work myself out of the job. My goal is to make a department and a team that works so good that I just show up one day and they say, Tim, we don't need you. And I got to go to you and say, you either got to fire me or find something else for me to do because there's nothing <laughs> else. For me. Like that's straight up has been my MO. And I think that we, we default to, to love being the hero And we got to realize that, man, like, let's make our team members the hero. Like, we can be the guide, as StoryBrand says, to empower them, to help them accomplish the things, and honestly, to remove roadblocks that are in their path. But, you know, if we make ourselves the hero, yeah, we can have a big ego, and yeah, we can be the answer person. But I think it sets us up for a life of burnout. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. So I want to ask you this. I found a ton of value in setting up boundaries for personal growth, like working out or hanging out with my family and things like that. Talking to you, I know that you get off work early to be with your daughter. And a lot of people would say like, well, I can't leave work early. You know, and what, what time do you leave usually to do that? Uh, I try to get out of here
1: between 2.45 and 2.50 so I can pick her up at 3.05.
0: Okay, so I, so for 90% of the people listening to this, I know that they're going to say, I can't leave work at 3 o'clock. I can't. There's too much to do, <laughs> right? Well, you've made it work. So so I want to ask you, how have you made it work and what has that done for you?
1: Sure, so I get up every morning at, at 5 a.m. and I plan my day so that when I get to work at 7, 7.15, I hit the ground running 100%. And then, like I said, at eight o'clock, I take, I step out into the, I step out into the, where the guys are and I work with them until nine. And I work hard from the time that I'm here until two thirty or two four. I, you know, I usually run out the door at two but I work hard to make that happen. And also I've set things in place so that I've got a team here that if I basically, if I fall, they catch me, you know, mm-hmm. if I'm not here, they, this, this show will go on <laughs> I've got three people that run the, the office side and the showroom side of things that they honestly do better if I'm not here because they're not, a, you know, I'm not distracting them to be completely honest.
0: So so what's that done for you, being able to make that intentional time to be with your family?
1: It's, it's provided a lot of freedom. And when I, like I said, when I do start feeling that burnout, it's because I have stopped taking that mm. time going home with my daughter it's i'm trying to burn the candle both ends and staying here till six o'clock at night and so setting that in place my team knows that mentally i'm going to be in a better place and so they acknowledge that this needs to happen um i know that that's what i need because i need you know they're really young for such a short amount of time you have to take advantage of that as much as you can absolutely I, you know what when she gets older and she doesn't want to hang out with me I'll work till eight o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's 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 one of those things that it's a boundary for me that I feel is extremely important.
0: Yeah, it reminds me of like Stephen Covey talking about the urgent versus the important, you know, and I just I just know that everybody has important things that they want to do, whether it's you know uh, hang out with their family, eat better work out, lose weight, uh, go on this trip. like Everyone's got these important things that they want to do, but there's always stuff that comes up, right? There's always those emails that come in. There's always, oh, but this team member needs this or this customer needs this. And I just think that the more we can intentionally set boundaries, I think that that sets us and our businesses up to win. What I've noticed is that when I'm the answer person and I am always there to rescue or make the diving catch, guess what? It starts happening again and again and again. And honestly, it's like parenting, right? Like, the behavior you reward gets repeated. Like, so if you reward your team members by always saving the day, by always doing the diving catch, like... Guess what? It, you're going to be in that <laughs> position way more. And I think that setting intentional boundaries like it's 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 so much better. And and I don't have this figured out. Like for me, you know, there's boundaries that I set with like thinking time and time to work out and and when I'm on at work, like I got to be on because I only have so many hours. And and I would hope that that actually focuses me as opposed to like I think that A lot of the time, business owners get in this rhythm where, like, hey, I come in at six a.m. I work till ten o'clock at night, and and I personally would like I'm not sitting there with them, but but I would say honestly, I I doubt you're productive that whole time. Like, I would guess that you could probably cut five hours out of that day, focus your time, and probably get more done and be way less stressed. But because they've just, this is what I do. I come in at six, I work till ten, nose to the grindstone. I, I think it sets up a life of burnout and I think that building boundaries like you've done with your family is super, super important for people to realize.
1: Mm-hmm. 100%. And I want to go back to where you're saying, you know, always being the hero and answering all the questions and that's a huge part of me stepping out is they have to kind of find their way. They have to spread their wings and find the answer, which like you said, even even a new employee, they're going to they're gonna work darn hard to find the answer before they have to call and interrupt what I'm doing mm-hmm. at home. <laughs> So oh, it's, totally. It's huge. Yeah, it's, it's huge in, in all of that. So you're 100%. Yeah.
0: Okay, so if we know that we got to build boundaries, I, I want to ask you, like, what would you say to people in our industry that have been burned out for years that have maybe grown like cynical to the industry and they feel like there's no way out? Like they're listening to this being like, yeah, but you don't know what I have to deal with. You don't know my business. You don't know my customers. Easy for you to say, set these boundaries. What would you say? Like, like where would you start?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I do, because when I came in, it was a, I mean, my dad worked all the hours was all the answers to everybody. It's about, it it, it's, it did happen overnight. It's been slow and steady and it's setting processes in place so that if, so, if something comes up, everybody knows how to handle it appropriately. If there is an upset customer, everybody knows that, yes, I will step in and I will, I will talk to them. I will, you know, I'll take that. They know it's about finding the right team members, which that's again, easier said than done. But a lot of times those team members want to be there. They just, somebody needs the ownership. I mean, people don't want a paycheck. They want, you want ownership. That's the big thing that I've found is you lose them. If you, if you're just giving them a paycheck.
0: Yeah. They want to be part of a winning team.
1: Exactly. And so in setting a business up like that, where you've got a team behind you, not followers, I think it's, that's, that's the key to me.
0: Yeah, that's really, really good. Okay, so, so one thing that I want to end this interview on, thinking about this, I think, and I've I found, it's been funny doing the podcast because what I have realized is it this podcast has put me in touch with a lot of people across the country. And my hope is that it starts to give a voice and a, and a sense of community to people to realize they're not alone. But as I've as I've talked to people, a lot of them feel like they are alone. Like you know, I don't have anyone else I can talk to about this. I'm the only one in my situation. And it's funny, I was watching the new Star Wars movie, and, like, one of the themes of the movie is that they win by making you feel like you're alone, like you're the only one. And and I think that that couldn't be further from the truth. Like, we have a whole industry of people that, that have hard jobs, and, and situations are difficult. And I think that finding community in whatever form actually helps just shoulder that burden just the fact of knowing that other people are in it with you you know what what does finding community look like for you how has that helped you in your role as an owner of this company
1: yeah so i'm not gonna lie that's i felt like i was 100 alone in this i was making my own way cutting my own path through the jungle and then i honestly i found this podcast that's what got me like okay I'm not the only one that does that's suffering with these things and has these questions. And so this has been huge. So listen to this. And then it made me step out and say like, Hey, how do I get involved in the HPVA? Because those are the people that have the same problems as me. So I bet you we could all probably come to solutions together. And so from there, then I started meeting with local business owners. Now we've started this coffee chat with women business owners, just right here, yes. local. And, it may not be heart-related, but you know what? When you get down to the core of it, everybody's got the same problems. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's finding community. And I've ne- every every time I have conversations with other business owners, anybody with the like-minded growth, min- growth mindset, I always walk away on fire because you always come out of it. They might not have exactly, well, how do I deal with this specific zero-clearance replacement, but – they did come up with a different way of how 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 do I present things for projects? Yeah. How do you deal with how do you deal with a, a trouble customer that is constantly <laughs> a problem? You know, there's always there's always a nugget that may not be related to your interest. They're, that business owner might sell coffee, but there's that customer that always complains you didn't put non-fat milk in there. Yeah. <laughs> you find you find common ground in having those people just to. To vent to, to hey, do you think this would work in our area? Everything, I that has just been, just life giving to me.
0: Yeah, I, I think life giving is man. That's that's the right word. I, I think that what I've found in starting to connect with more people in our industry is the fact that like we're in this together, and and I think that that shared sense of community of like oh man, like you got these problems in your business, I got problems in mine, and like we're working on it together. None of us has figured it out. We're on the journey. I think that there's something so life-giving to that, to to piggyback on what you said, that um, I think a lot of people that fight burnout, in many, many cases, they don't have a sense of community that they're plugged into. They don't have a group of people pouring into them. And this doesn't have to be, like, necessarily just, like, shoulder to shoulder. This could be via, like you know this podcast or via email or facebook or like whatever it looks like that i think i think frankly like the hpba and the the local affiliates can offer a lot to connecting business owners. And I was telling the group that markets the HPBA trade show, like, I think that that's actually a huge marketing piece is like, man, like meet with other business owners that understand what you're going through. Like that is so life giving to be able to take three days, go somewhere. And even outside of all the product stuff, which is amazing just to Mm -hmm. connect with other people that understand you. And like, man, like you said, you're going to pick up nuggets that you can take back and, and can change the way your business works.
1: Absolutely! Oh yeah, someone said, "Hey, you want to go on a three D retreat with a bunch of Hearth owners and managers?" <laughs> Absolutely! Totally. <That> sounds great.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, I, I think that community is a big a big part of it, and I I think that what you're talking about in feeling alone, you know, a, a while ago, I think that there's a lot of people that experienced that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I I I, it's just it's such a like I mean you've talked about it. The industry was so tight with their information nobody really wanted to talk about well how hey how do you work this situation or hey when how do you how do you you know anyway but just having finding people that have the same mindset where you know what you are you fireside is 50 to 70 miles away from (laughs) me you're not you're you're way more than that yeah you're not my competition so let's talk about this like really there's not a lot of competition in any market you might have one or two guys but like there is enough for everybody this is a very small industry to be
0: honest oh yeah i mean when when no one in my town knows what a gas insert is it actually probably helps if there's two different people selling gas inserts because more people are going to find out like i just think that that's the, we're not we're not selling dishwashers and cars that are oversaturated right
1: exactly you you're, you're totally nailed it when you say like the um what what, what is it the rising tides
0: oh um, yeah um all the high, ships rise. yeah high tide rises all ships <laughs>
1: There you go. That like, I love that because if everybody helps, all it does is help the entire industry elevate. Whereas if everybody's all tight fisted, nobody's going to grow.
0: Yeah. You know, and I think it's funny talking about community. So like one of the coolest moments of my life happened. Oh, this is, this is a little while ago, but I got, I got a text message from Grant Falco and it was a picture of him hanging out with Tim Rathlake. And Matt Dahl, the owner of American Fireglass, at the IBS show in Vegas. And I wasn't there, but it's just a picture of the three of them hanging out. And I was like, dude, that is awesome. That like three people in separate businesses have actually all come together and found community. And and frankly, they found that community through the digital space, but now when they're in the same room, all of a sudden it's like the family reunion, like we're coming to talk to each other. I think there's something really special there. Oh,
1: absolutely. And going to any hearth really well, I mean, here in the Northwest I can go to these heart hearth industry things and I feel like I know most of the people there. I, we were actually just laughing because the HPBA flyers came out and, they, and your picture was on there, Grant and Jerry Eisenhower. I was like, hey, I love these guys. Yeah. Like, I, that's awesome.
0: Yeah. I think that's cool. And I think that, I think you're right that, that finding community is what's going to bind us together. Okay, Ryan. Well, I got to say, thank you for coming on the podcast today. I really appreciate your time. And, and I think that these thoughts and, and this conversation about burnout, both for ourselves as business owners and managers and leaders, but also for the way that we pour into our team members, I think is really relevant. So thank you for taking the time.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for even considering asking me. This is awesome.
0: <laughs> well, it was my pleasure. When you hit me up a couple months ago and we started talking about it, I was like, all right, we got to do this. This is gonna be a good episode.
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely something I always celebrate. Find what stokes your fire. That's that's the big thing. There you yeah. go.
0: Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right, Ryan. Well, thanks a ton, and we'll see you later. Sounds
1: good. Thanks, Tim. Bye.
0: Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Ryan Blake. I thought it was awesome just getting to talk with her, and I think that there were some things that we touched on that can be tough to talk about, but... It's the real deal. And if you're going to lead a company, you have to be thinking about burnout and fatigue because you have to stay motivated, number one, but you got to find a way to inspire your team week after week after week. And burnout is one of those things, you know, I mean, I've kind of joked about this, that like every year for the last five years in November, there's always one day where I look at my wife and I'm like... What am I doing with my life? And, you know, we all have moments like that. But I think the thing with burnout is that it's, it's kind of a shame thing where people don't like to talk about it. And we can kind of feel guilty, like, oh, I, I'm just lazy or I, I just don't like to work hard. And what I found to be true is that there's a lot of companies that because of burnout, they stop being motivated to take their business to the next level and to grow team members the way that they should. And that's not what you want. I mean, It's impossible to grow your business where it needs to go if you're burned out and you resent going to work every day. That's no fun. I mean, life's too short to put up with that. So I think the key to fighting burnout is community and finding people to surround yourself with that understand your struggle and that you can be brutally honest with. I know for me, I've surrounded myself with a group of people that know my struggles, they know my hardships, and I can be vulnerable with them, and I, I encourage you to do the same. Frankly, it's something that we've found to be just tremendous inside of the FireTime Network. So if you're looking for a way to connect with other dealers or distributors or sales reps or manufacturers that are going through the same thing you are, especially in light of this crisis, you need to check out the FireTimeNetwork.com. Now before we sign off, if this podcast has been helping you and your company move the needle, I want to ask if you would contribute to support us financially by contributing to our Patreon.com page. If you go to the website patreon.com slash it's that's patreo dot com slash it's you'll be able to contribute whatever amount seems right to you to move this podcast forward in the future. And I've mentioned this every week that we've talked about Patreon because this podcast is not about the money. But there's things that we want to do and there's duties that we want to outsource to make the content even better. And that takes money. Money is the fuel to get us to our destination. And so if this podcast has been a blessing to you, think about contributing. Whatever is right, it's up to you to decide what that is. If you're not able to contribute, that's totally fine this will always be a free resource to help your company move the needle forward. So with all that in mind, I can't wait to talk to you guys next week. It's going to be an amazing episode. And I just want to tell you, stay strong in the midst of this crisis. We're all in different boats, but we're in the same storm. And there are people all over who are pulling for you. So go out this week and be a blessing to your team and to your community. And we'll talk to you soon.